Welcome back to Freightways Live at Home. It's been a fantastic experience bringing together the industry during this time of substantial change. So much has taken place uh, in 2020. So much is happening across the economy in terms of people's health and just disruptions all over. And certainly the industry, the logistics industry has stepped up and really provided a lot of relief. So we certainly thank you, professionals that are a part of the Always Responder community for doing your part. A few minutes ago, we had Dan Connor uh, talk about what he's seen in venture. Dan Connor was Freightway's first CFO. He's also a current investor. And I think about what the last couple of years have meant for me and for Freightwaves. Uh, it's been a fantastic run, and just looking at the evolution of that. But another investor I'm excited to have with me today is Will O'Donnell, the Managing Director of ProLogis Ventures, coming live from San Francisco. Will, how are you? I'm fantastic, Craig. Really appreciate the opportunity to be here today talking to you virtually. Would have been, would have been nice to see you in person, but this, this works almost as well. Yeah, likewise. I, I, it's interesting how much technology uh, has really changed. I couldn't imagine if we didn't have the internet what the work from home or just life in general would be. Uh, you certainly wouldn't have any entertainment opportunities, uh, and it would be hard. Um, you're in San Francisco, which has been a city that's been in lockdown well before the rest of the country, and it has had a more aggressive stance on social distancing. What has that been like for you personally? Um, it's obviously, a, I mean, it's been surreal. I think for the first couple of weeks, um, you were just trying to get, as, as everyone, an understanding of what was happening, what the implications were. Uh, there was so much uncertainty, both with work, socially, with the kids and everything that it's, it's been interesting. I, mean, I think on the, the positive side, um, we travel normally a lot, but I've been home. So I've been able to have some great time with my family and my kids, which probably will never have that opportunity again. And that's been good. I think um, it's also necessitated the, the adaptability of work. So our team has been able to function. We've been able to be effective. Um, and, and as you said, technology has played a big role in that. So it's, it's, it's been, it's been interesting. It's, it's not, I'm looking forward to it being over, but you know, you make what you can out of it. Yeah, I was telling my wife last night. So we had a we have a one year old, uh, uh, as well as I have a 13 and nine year old. But I spent more time with my one year old probably in the last two months than I've spent with him his entire life. I mean, uh, yeah. we're really at home full time, and it's been rewarding because I have spent time uh, with him, and I I wouldn't wish I, I wouldn't take that back at all. So yeah. it's, uh, I've certainly enjoyed it. But it, this has also been a trying time for businesses, but ProLogis yeah. uh, has stepped up, and you guys have provided a lot of relief activity and supplies to really support uh, a lot of the uh, recovery and uh, health efforts that have been taking place. Yeah, it's, it's been an important part of our culture uh, for the entirety of the company, but, but we're fortunate to be in the position we are, and, and we want to give back. So we started a program that we called Space for Good. And in this program that we've been giving space out pro bono, pro bono to really aid the relief efforts. Uh, so we've been working with hospital systems, with food banks, uh, medical suppliers, NGOs, to really provide what we can and give our expertise to really aid our community in this time. 
Yeah, it's, uh, I, uh, it's interesting how much the industry stepped up, but you guys have at times available warehouse space that you've, you've loaned the hospitals uh, to help them prepare. I mean, oftentimes these hospital systems just don't have uh, warehouse capacity in terms of storing large items and keeping inventory. What's that been like for them? Uh, it's been interesting. I had the opportunity last week to talk to uh, Mount Sinai in New York, and they normally in normal times will have two to three days of inventory that they store at the hospitals. Um, they had a situation where they had a bunch of equipment that was in transit on the way over and they needed a place to to to, to store it. Uh, so we were able to move really quickly and got them within in a warehouse within a couple of days. Uh, but I think with everyone that people are having to adjust on the fly um, and it's really put a lot of pressure on our supply chains. But it also it really shows the ingenuity and and, and and how people can be innovative. And it's it's pretty remarkable when you look at what people across our country have done to really allow ourselves to operate. And I mean, everyone's now working from home. My kids are taking their school from home and it's not ideal, but everyone's adopted. And I think the hospital and medical systems have been through probably some of the most trauma of any of us. And it's it's just amazing what they've been able to accomplish. Yeah, it is uh, certainly a testament to responsiveness, uh, regardless of whether you think that, uh, you know, everything was done. You know, this has been, this is a completely different playbook. We've never seen this before. Yeah. It's literally a black swan event that's unprecedented. And unfortunately, the, I think really everywhere uh, around the world has been somewhat unprepared and, and nothing's been perfect. But as you pointed out, not only has the medical system, the hospital systems responded, uh, but the logistics industry specifically uh, also has. Um, and I, I think that's been a testament to the sophistication of how some of the technology advances and businesses have really adapted in this environment. No, and I think um, for us that have been involved in logistics and transportation industry, it's really shown a light on on what we can accomplish. Um, if you just think of the trucking industry, it, without truck drivers, we wouldn't have the goods that we need at home. We wouldn't be able to operate it. And it's often an overlooked part of the economy. Um, and again, if we're looking at silver linings, that this situation has really proved the importance of having a robust and resilient supply chain and, and the people that go into making that happen. Um, I don't think three months ago we would have really viewed a lot of these as, as frontline heroes and people weren't being recognized for what the contribution they're making. And it's it's been really cool to see. Um, and I, I think because of the, as you said, technology and the, the infrastructure that's been built, our company has been successful more so. Our country has been able to survive and we've been able to, to make it through this together. Yeah, I think that is certainly the story of, one of the stories coming through COVID is just how resilient the supply chain is. And, and I think it becomes apparent when you go into a store, a grocery store one evening, and they're at, you know, I remember when I, when this first really came about or, or started to become uh, a big issue domestically in mid-March, I remember walking into the grocery store and the meats were out of stock and toilet mm -hmm. paper was out of stock. And then I went back the next day and the grocery stores had replenished. And I think that is logistics, that's supply chain. Uh, that is, in many ways, a self-healing network, but it's driven by human intelligence combined with technology. Yeah. 
So, Will, what, you're in the venture community. What, what is the sentiment right now in uh, the world of VC? Um, I, I think as with all, I guess, groups or, or industries, I think there was a lot of shock initially on, on what was happening. Um, that with startups and especially there's a lot of focus on, on how do we grow the business? How do we create revenue? How do we ensure that our company is, is, is successful? Um, obviously in trying times like that, there's been challenges. Um, on our end, we've been fortunate that we primarily invested in areas around supply chain logistics related to the property tech and that. And, it's been moderately impacted compared to some other areas of our economy. But I think people are really taking a step back and looking at the fundamentals in businesses, how to make sure the unit economics work, how to really monitor the cash burn. And I think it's, it's also, um, I've seen a lot of people come together and, and really share ideas in times like this. There's so much uncertainty that no one knows what the answer is, but, the conversations that people are having on how are you adopting to this? What can we do to help our companies? What's working? What's not even going through and and the whole process on the PPP and and the loans, people are really sharing information on what works and what doesn't. And really, I think it's, it's in symbolic of of, in times like this, the rising tide is going to lift all boats. And I think in venture people really had to figure out how to help companies survive and what needed to be doing. And, you focus on the people um, and how do you make sure your people are safe and secure and, 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 and try to give them as, as much of an advantage and, and comfort with a very challenging and difficult situation. Now, have your, any of your portfolio companies had really dramatic downturns in their business or have they been pretty resilient? Have you had any, any specific issues that you've had to deal with? Um, I would say overall, we've been very fortunate um, that our companies have been fairly re- re- resilient. And I think it's it's somewhat predicated on the fact that what we've been investing in is supply chain and logistics, which itself has had to be very resilient through this. Um, areas where it's with travel or hospitality, restaurants or, or retail um, have really, really struggled. Um, and And that's where we haven't made our portfolio any investments in that space. Uh, but there are kind of add-on effects where you can see it filtering through the economy, which impacts us all. I would say overall, I mean, everyone's been challenged that deals are slowed down. People are taking their time and being very thoughtful. And there's a lot of uncertainty. You've got to really uh, worry about the employees and how to keep them safe. And so a lot of our work has been with our companies on what are the best practices? How can we help? What guidance and visibility we can provide? And then even thinking if you're operating within a warehouse, what are some of the best practices? How do you bring back workers back? How do you work with workers in challenging times like this? Um, so the, the, the short answer is, Craig, I think we've been very fortunate, uh, but it's been trying and it's, it's, it's difficult. And I think everyone's struggling with this. Yeah, it, I mean, it's interesting because you sit in two seats. You sit in the venture world. Uh, yeah. And it certainly has seen uh, better days, uh, at least yep. in terms of, you know, it seems like six months ago was everybody was talking about the peak and there was a disagreement about whether we were really, this is a bubble and we were near the peak or whether this is going to go on. And I know being a portfolio company inside of Prologis that the coach, the coaching and the guidance you guys have given us uh, has been to 
make sure that we have a business model that's sustainable, we're looking at our cost, and regardless of what the economy does, that we're, uh, we're in a position to, to survive that. So we, I certainly appreciate that, and I, I would imagine you've been giving the same advice. But you also sit at Prologis, you're the, one of the, if not the, largest warehouse industrial real estate owners in the world. I mean, you guys are unmatched in that. Yeah. Uh, so you, you're dealing with your tenants, the folks that are leasing uh, your uh, warehouse space. Uh, they're having to adapt in this environment. And there have been stories of companies that have had to deal with COVID outbreak inside of their warehouses or manufacturing plants. What kind of guidance are you working with your tenants in terms of helping them deal with this crisis? No, it's a, it's a good question, Craig. And um, I think one of the things that we as a company have really focused on ourselves is, is how to create that resilient business model. Um, and 10 years ago, 2008, 2009, obviously the economy went through some challenges at that point. Um, we really focused coming out of that and how do we position our company on the fundamentals? How do we create the best portfolio? How do we create the best balance sheet? Um, and the process that we went through there is now serving us well now. And it's also something, the lessons and kind of the best practices are one of the things that we're able to coach and, and really help our customers think through. Um, I think within our customer base, there's a kind of a spread. I mean, you have some companies, whether it's grocery or some of the large retailers, obviously the Amazons or, or Walmart, who have been busier than ever. Um, and really kind of having to help service the economy in times of need. And then there are smaller, medium business customers who this is a challenging time. Um, and we've had some requests for rent relief. We've uh, been working with those that need it uh, the most and, and really separating out um, how we can help our smaller, medium businesses work through and, and, and structuring things like rent deferral. Um, but it's for us, it's a lot on... Um, really providing best practices, reaching out, being there for our customers, um, finding out what their needs are and how we can help fulfill that. And a lot of times it's connecting customers with other customers who may have a similar issue they can share. Um, but our, our team has been very, very proactive about getting in front of people, understanding what their needs are and figuring out how is we as a company can help aid them. Now, and during your earnings report that happened or came out in yeah. the middle of this crisis, your CEO uh, uh, had said that as many as 25% of the tenants had asked for some type of deferral, but you guys looked at those on a case-by-case -case basis. Uh, did you have a general yeah. policy, or is it just uh, looked at them in terms of the need uh, of each one? No, we had a we had a policy and a procedure that we followed. So uh, on their needs call, he talked about how we had requests for about 4.3% of our rent. Um, for some sort of deferral, 70% uh, of those were not granted, 7% of those were, uh, and 23% were at that time still under review. But we're really focusing with them on how do we help the customers and who are the ones that are most in need, um, and structuring a, 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 an engagement that works for them. And, and it's been a lot around rent-deferred loans. Well, one thing I've always loved about our talks is that you see so much of the economy uh, connected to in Prologis. 
but you also are dealing uh, with this broader real estate story around commercial real estate. And one of the things I've heard a lot of discussion about is what does the commercial real estate market look like after uh, this work from home and COVID environment? Is it, you know, we at Freightways have talked about what, what our environment looks like. Do we fully return uh, or do we let people work from home? And we're, we're, we haven't made any decisions there, but I know those discussions are happening with a lot of CEOs. I've, I, I've talked to a number that have said they don't think they're going to come back in full force. And so I'm wondering, how does that impact the commercial real estate market? Um, it's a really good question, and I think it impacts in a variety of different ways. So on the industrial side, um, I think we're going to see a resurgence and people coming back, and especially after you get a vaccine in place, um, because you need products to move and you need things to go through warehouses. And, and that's really incumbent on, on people to be able to enable that to happen. I think when you get into retail, there are questions that are out there right now on how will retail come back and what form does it look like? Um, I think I just saw an announcement that Jake Crew may declare bankruptcy this weekend. Um, so I think retail is an area that's going to be very interesting to see how that comes back. Um, and office, you bring up good questions, and I think everyone's realized that the workforce and how we adopt will change and evolve. That being said, I think we all probably miss human contact at this point. Um, I wouldn't mind being able to go back in our office and, and, and spend time with people. And, and the face-to-face conversations, as great as it is to be able to talk to you, over the video, Craig, we have more fun when we're in person. Um, I do think that people are going to be more thoughtful about how often they travel and and the environment, how they reenter and, and making sure that it is a safe environment for their workers and the employees. Uh, and that's something we're all comfortable with. Yeah, I look at in-person events like Freightways Live in Atlanta that we would have hosted. And um, yeah. it's interesting because I think about uh, what the rest of the year looks like in terms of in-person events. And it seems like, uh, particularly on the B2B side, commercial events are probably going to be somewhat on hold uh, for until we have some type of cure or effective treatment or confidence that the virus is a thing of the past. So certainly something we're watching and, and thinking about. Um, sporting events and concerts are also probably on hold. But as you mentioned, uh, retail, as it relates to warehouse and delivery, is not on hold. The economy is going to come back. Warehouse demand is going to be there. What other predictions or thoughts do you have about a post-COVID or a interim COVID and then post-world? What does that look like to you? I think one of the things that COVID has done is really necessitated the rethinking of the global supply chains. And it's highlighted the need for them to be adoptable and to really meet today's challenges. Um, and a lot of the trends that we were seeing on buying groceries through e-commerce or, or have been accelerated through this crisis. Um, I think that we're going to see con- companies continue to invest in how to optimize their supply chains, how to optimize the operations within the logistics f- facilities. Um, we'll see ways that we can create safer environments for our workers, um, how to enhance processes. Automation was something that we were starting to see take off. I think one of the key things around automation is where we've seen the most traction is it's really enhancing the performance of individuals 
not necessarily replacing. Um, so it's it's how do I make this worker more efficient? How do I make the, the work safer um, and create an environment that really prioritizes the health and safety and the well-being of employees? Yeah. So on the logistics side, I think that you're going to see that resilience. Um, companies are going to be investing around the technology that's needed to, to ensure there is a safe work environment. And at the same point, I think your example on uh, the grocery store was a, it was a great one that the need to do fast replenishment and restocking um, has really been put to a test. And a lot of the lessons that we as companies have learned and how to execute on that are going to carry over. Um, and I think that a lot of the, 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 the implementations and operation changes that had to occur on this fly will help companies be more efficient coming out of this. And there's crisis is a good learning opportunity, I think. Things like this will help companies continue to improve and, and really think about how to create resilient supply chains. Yeah, I think contactless delivery is going to become a major. <laughs> I, you know, there was this big movement of kiosk everything you can order. I got to tell you, uh, nothing is more disgusting to me than touching a, a kiosk. So I imagine <laughs> mobile technology is going to be on my phone, which is fine because hopefully yeah. they're my germs and not someone else's. But uh, I don't think the kiosk, that may become a, a less uh, important thing in the future. Who knows? Um, one thing I do think is going to happen is contact costs. I was talking to an executive in the parcel industry that predicted yeah. these sort of drone concepts, not drone citywide delivery, but the stuff yeah. that you see with like UPS testing where a, a van goes out into the neighborhood and a drone takes off. It seems like those types of activities and the autonomous driverless uh, delivery could happen faster because of COVID, uh, and that might accelerate. What are your thoughts there? Um, I, I think so. I think that companies were already starting to experiment with this. I think that what COVID has done is just accelerated the path, the, the the pace that innovation and change is going to happen with some of these. And I think people have will be a lot continue to be very creative about new ways of delivery and executing on expectations. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think these things are going to continue. I think drones is an interesting one. There's a lot of um, angles that need to be get figured out before it becomes uh, <laughs> proliferated everywhere. But I think people are going to be experimenting and really figuring out how ways they can, can continue to improve. Yeah, it's certainly going to change a lot. So, Will, give me one bull call. Next five years, what is your bull call for the next, really, five years to decade? Uh, what would you What would you predict that no one else is expecting? Oh, um, that's a good question, Craig. Uh, I'm going I'm to give myself a little time to think about that one. What, what's your bull call? You know, I I would say that. Uh, I think we will see uh, driverless personal delivery services or driverless uh, uh, human transport become more favorable in a post-COVID world. And the reason I say that is, you know, when I think about getting in an Uber or a Lyft car, an automotive car, uh, it used to be I never thought about the cleanliness or the uh, sanitary fact of the fact I was sharing a ride with a complete stranger. It seemed perfectly acceptable to me. That seems a little creepy now to me. 
Um, yeah. I, like I now have to think about all of these things that I never thought about before. So I actually think we'll see the driverless vehicle become a bigger issue. And I also think we've seen peak automotive. I just don't think people are going to drive as many miles as they did before. So those are my two big predictions. Driverless vehicles are going to come in faster than we saw before. They're going to be more in vogue. And the second is the peak automotive cycle. Automotive production is going to continue to decline over time because people just aren't going to be buying as many cars or driving as many miles. I think on my end, I think the a lot of the infrastructure that's going to be needed to be put in place to really support the next evolution is going to become a focal point, and also people are going to realize the challenges that exist. So on that, something like EV vehicles and delivery are coming, but the infrastructure that needs to go in from a utility and an electricity standpoint is going to be massive. Um, and I think there's areas that have been exposed within our supply chain where there's challenges. And it's, I think more and more investment is going to need to go into this space. Um, and it's going to be in areas that people don't really look at and under, and see. And it's, it's kind of like when you're building the house, you need to build the foundation first. And that's where a lot of foundation building is going to have to go into place in order to really support where we need to bring technology moving forward. Um, so I, I, it's, it's one of those areas that people don't really think about until it's not there. And I think that's where a lot of investment is going to need to go in the next couple of years. Um, I think from Pelagis' perspective, that we have a lot of the infrastructure on our, our buildings and our warehouses. And, and how do we really help facilitate that change? So how do you make the warehouses smarter? How do you invest in the connectivity? How do we give our customers a better platform where they can operate and improve off of? Um, so I think that's where a lot of change, it just isn't things that people think about because we like to think about the drones. We don't necessarily think about all the underlying technology, the electrical infrastructure that needs to go in to support that. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting time. Certainly society has changed and will continue to evolve. Um, and hopefully this, uh, we get through this uh, soon and we're able to have some sense of normalcy uh, I personally hope it happens before college football season, but that looks more and more in doubt now. Uh, so we'll we'll have to see how that works out. But Will, thanks no. for joining us uh, today at Freightways uh, Live at Home. Uh, certainly a pleasure to always speak with you and have you uh, a part of our experience. No, Craig, I, I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, and I think for us as a company and then as an industry, this has been, uh, it's, it's very difficult times. Uh, but at the same time, you look at how we have come through it. You look at how people have responded. Um, I, I think the, the country is very politicized, but at the same point, you look at how we've been able to reach across and really help each other and sur survive this. So it's, for me, I, I, I try to find inspiration in this. And, and I think the ability to come on in chat with you is always great because it, it can help share some of our feelings and thought on it. But um, really appreciate it, Greg. And it, as always, it's great, great to see you. Yeah, likewise, Will. Thanks for joining us. And thank you for tuning in to Freightways Live at Home. Be sure to watch The Great Debate. Zach Strickland and I will go head to head on whether the freight market is turning up or turning down. I am the bull and he is the bear. And so far, I am two for zero, and he is zero and two. So we'll see if he can redeem himself or if he continues to maintain a perfect zero record. That is on Thursday.